Amen. God bless everybody this morning. What a beautiful day it is. What a beautiful day it is in the Lord. Amen. I'm so glad to see the family faith. Anybody look forward to Sundays? I look forward to Sunday. I look forward to the opportunity to come together. I believe, I believe there's power in the house of the Lord. Amen. I believe there, there, there's an exponential increase in faith where two or three are gathered together. I believe there's the power of the kingdom right there amongst us. Amen. And it's good to look around and see so many faces and people. And I know that you're just, I pray you're hungry to hear what God has to say. Anybody hungry? Just, you know, just, you get this appetite for the voice of the Lord, the, the word of God. I pray that over the next, say, let's say 30 minutes, let me see what time it is. I, oh, good. It's not even 11 o'clock yet. Touch your David and say, Pastor's going to preach today. Pastor's going to preach today. Don't give me, don't give me an hour because I'll take the whole hour if you give it to me. But we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Listen, today, you know, we're in a series entitled A King's Domain. And we are talking about the kingdom of God as Jesus preached it. We're going and massaging some, some of the nuances of that kingdom. And I pray today that this past week you went out and advanced the kingdom. I pray that in your doings and in your, in your good works, I pray that in your conversations that we went out and built up the kingdom. And that the kingdom is stronger because the people of God went out and did the work. Amen. So you, you do realize that Christianity is not a private thing, right? The discourse of Christianity, it's not private, it's public. And, and if you're not public with your Christianity, then you're betraying the one and only, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? So important that you understand that even faith, the Bible says faith has to be spoken. How many know that faith is spoken? I know you got it in your heart, but if you don't speak it, you don't obligate it. Come on, somebody. Faith by its nature must be spoken, right? And so we're going to get into some stuff today. I promise you, uh, listen, as your pastor, I promise you this. I'm going to make you a promise, right? I'm going to make you a promise. Today, I promise you that I am going to step on your toes. Look at your name and say, Pastor, you're going to step on your toes. I promise you. I promise you. But listen, if you let me step on your toes for a little bit, you're going to be better for Jesus when you walk out of here. You're going to be encouraged, right? So, so, so don't, don't, don't think of me stepping on your toes as an inconvenience. Think of it as, as a building process, right? You're going to hear some wonderful things. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. We're going to hear a message today. This is the third message. There will be five messages. The last message, we're going to finish the last message of this a king's domain, and we're going to end it at the cross. How many know there was a superscription above the crucifixion of our Lord that Pontius Pilate had nailed to it. We know what it says, Jesus Christ, King of the Jews. And we're going to end our series on Resurrection Morning right here uh, on, on April 17th. That's right. What an awesome thing. What an awesome thing. And then, of course, uh, we are going to, we're going to get into uh, some aspects of, of that particular crucifixion. Of course, how many know that there's nothing greater than the resurrection? It's the crown jewel of Christianity. We're going to be talking about that too. So if you have your Bibles, today we are, we are this is the third message in the series of King's Domain. And I'm going to be touching this particular spot. You're familiar with this passage. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I know that you know this, these verses one verse in particular this is 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 how many how many did they know you're a new creature old things have passed away behold all things become new and I'm so glad in fact 
Could I get a show of hands today if today you believe that, that in Jesus Christ you're a new creature? How many would say, I do believe that? I mean, that's everybody. So that's awesome. So let's do that one more time. How many today believe that you're a new creature in the Lord? You're a new creature. I just want to keep your hand up because I want to see who you are. And if there's anybody that doesn't believe that, we, we hope that before you leave today, you'll believe that. Okay, so the good thing is that if your hand went up, this message is for you. Because now that you're a new creature, you've become an ambassador. Huh? So if your hand went up, you, you attest to the new creature, now you become an ambassador. So I want to read that from that context. This is 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 5, beginning at verse... You see verse 17, right? And that's the verse that we're kind of alluding to just here for a moment. But let me start at verse 18. Start at verse 18. I'm going to read it through the end of the chapter. This is what it says. Now watch. You're a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now watch. Verse 18. And all things are of who? Of God. Who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. So where you see that word reconciled, that means you've been brought close. You are not far from God. You are close to God, right? And anytime you say to yourself, God seems far away, it's not that he's far away. You're far away. All you got to do is turn around and face the Lord. You'll find you're right there close with him again. So it says, all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us, what? The ministry of reconciliation. So God has given you a ministry of closeness, what I call the ministry of proximity. You've been given the ministry of closeness. Y'all get that? So you, you are a minister, right, of closeness. Can y'all hold on to that? It says to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, but hath committed unto us the word. So not only do you have a ministry, but now you have a word of reconciliation. Somebody say, I got a word of closeness. Watch this. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of Christ in him y'all see that y'all ready to start ministry y'all ready to start ministry well y'all pray with me y'all look stunned like I just told you something like like I was reading from the book of a devil or something y'all acting like what is what 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 taught this ministry about how many know you're you are now a minister of reconciliation you now have a word of reconciliation. Y'all ready, ready to come into this with me? Can, let's pray together. Come on, all of us in affirmation. Father, we come together today in a spirit of readiness, in a spirit of humility, that we submit ourselves to your word. We submit yourself to the work of the spirit of God. Holy Ghost, you can have your way in our hearts. Holy Spirit, you can take this word and begin to massage it, begin to move it, begin to stir it inside of us we pray that today holy spirit we present ourselves our church to your divine work to you to to, to to that which only you can do to bring light to these scriptures that when we walk out of here today we're walking in the fullness thereof we pray blessing over the house of the lord purpose over god's house 
we prayed together for the people of God and we prayed in Jesus name amen and amen will you go find five people right now give them a hug and tell them this give them a hug and say hello minister of reconciliation go give them a hug and tell them say say you're a minister of closeness JC, JC, are you back there? Can you bring me down just a little, just a tad? Thank you. Give somebody a hug and say, hello, minister of reconciliation. Give him a hug, get close. Say, let's get closer. 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 All these ministers in here. House full of ministers. We're going to get some name tags. Everybody's a minister of reconciliation. House full of ministers so beautiful to see the people moving around saying hello greeting each other in the Lord amen y'all be careful in that back row there's a lot of babies back there y'all watch out how beautiful it is how beautiful it is amen all these ministers in here today will give everybody a chance to get to their seats amen we'll be able to Get everything calm in the house of the Lord. Amen. Blessings to everybody. Blessings in the name of the Lord. God is awesome. I want to begin today's message by reminding you of a spectacular miracle in the Bible. A a miracle of faith, if you will. Uh, Many of you are familiar with with this particular passage. I like the way Mark reads it. I I, want to quote to you or give to you some passages out of uh, Matthew chapter 9, which is also written in Mark 2 and Luke 5. I I like the way Mark wrote it. He says, Jesus was in the house. Give your neighbor a fist bump and say, Jesus in the house. (laughs) The, the, The Bible says that Jesus was in the house and he was teaching there. Uh, The house became so full of people that not only inside the house, but the outside of the house was thronged with people listening in on the words of the Lord. It just so happens the Bible says that that, that siblings, four siblings, had a a, a brother in that grouping who was sick of the palsy. He was paralyzed. Uh, Sometimes we get into some conversations about that palsy. It could be uh, even a condition of Parkinson's or, 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 or of a bad heart. But, but nonetheless, he's paralyzed. And when they arrived at the house, you remember this story, they couldn't get in. And so they said, listen, let's, let's, let's go to the roof. <laughs> and the Bible says, you can imagine this. There, there Jesus is teaching in the house, and there from up on the roof, somebody's tearing the roof apart. And they got these ropes and and they put their brother on a bed and with these ropes started lowering their brother down before Jesus. I mean, you can imagine what a spectacle that must have been, right? 
<laughs> it was a good idea because they're, they're coming in faith. Even the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. And when he got before the Lord, the Bible says that Jesus said to the young man, watch this, Son, thy sins be forgiven you. Uh, there were certain scribes there. Religious people, you know, religious people always show up. You know, there's some religious people in the church this morning. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, that's not you, of course, right? There were certain scribes there. And the Bible says that the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth, for only God can forgive sins. And the Bible says, and Jesus perceiving their thoughts said to them, well, what's easier to say? Thy sins be forgiven thee? Or rise up, take up thy mat and walk? And Jesus says, so that you may know that the Son of Man hath the power to forgive sins. He looked at that boy and says, son, arise, take up thy mat, and go unto thine house. And the Bible says he got up and started to walk right out of the house. The Bible says that the people there said, we have never seen such a thing. What manner of man is this? Do, do, do you know that that story, that, that, that is the interlude into what Jesus sent me to talk to you, what the Spirit sent me to talk to you about? The Bible says that when he began to leave, the people began to walk with him. As Jesus walked, the Bible says he stopped at another house and noticed that the young man in there was named Levi. Levi, the son of Alphaeus, who we now know as Matthew, the publican. Jesus stopped just long enough to say, follow me. And the Bible says, and he followed him. The Bible says that when he followed them, they all went into his house and they started to eat. They had a, had a supper. They celebrated uh, this coming, this renewal in this publican named Matthew. And Matthew started inviting his friends. You know his friends, the other publicans. And, and the publicans started inviting their friends. You know them. They're the sinners. So, so before long, that house that Jesus went into is now full of publicans and sinners, and there are those religious people again. Those religious people, those Pharisees, kind of tapped the disciples, said, why does your master eat with publicans and sinners? Oddly, they had nothing to say. But Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said this. Them that are whole need not a physician, but only they which are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And then Jesus says, go learn what this meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. The Spirit of the Lord has sent me to this house to teach you mercy. Now, I want you to hear this because I want you to understand that when Jesus says God doesn't want atonement, it wasn't that that wasn't the system. You understand that the atoning of sins, the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, was for all of Israel. The problem was men were not applying the sacrifice to everybody because they were religious 
And so there were people outside of the atoning power. So Jesus says, I want mercy. Mercy. Can I do this with you? I wasn't planning on doing this. But I want you to open your Bible. This is going to be really weird. In fact, just, just follow me through here. Go, go to St. Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going to show you something about the disciples. Because you understand that this mercy... Uh, for anybody here, I want you to hear it. All the ministers, listen. You've been given a word of reconciliation. What is that word? That word is mercy. Will you say it to yourself? The word is mercy. Because if you don't have that, you're going to be full of bias. You're going to be full of bias. Let me say it again. If you don't have mercy, you're not going to take his word. You're not going to, you're not going to be a minister of reconciliation because you have bias. There will only be certain places where God can send you because you're biased. L listen, are, are you there in Matthew 10? Uh, Matthew 10 is the story where Jesus commissions his disciples to go out and to preach the kingdom of heaven. In fact, in fact, I, I, I'll read this to you. I think this is something today in the church that if we can get past our biases, we can start to expand the kingdom of God. But you're going to have to get past your bias. And brothers and sisters, believe me, if you're not prayerful, if you're not before the Spirit of God, you're going to have them. I, I want you to notice here in verse 5, Jesus gives a specific instruction to these ministers of reconciliation. And, and I say it's powerful. Jesus, in fact, says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely it was given, freely give. That's the kingdom of God. That's its message. Did you hear what I just said? The kingdom of heaven's message is not be saved and trust in the Lord. The kingdom of heaven's message is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here, and this is what it does. Distinct message. I want you to see that Jesus said this. Go not into the way of the Gentiles. This is verse 5, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. And into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It is almost as though Jesus is saying, what I have, I don't want to give to them right now. Th that the mercies that are being expressed, I'm not going to express it right now to the Gentile or even to the Samaritan. And I'll talk about them in a minute. And it's almost as though Jesus is keeping them from getting the message out to everyone. It's just for a select few. But that's not true. Jesus cannot send the 12 because they're biased. They love their Israelite brother, they just don't love Gentiles. And they don't like Samaritans. How can the kingdom go if it doesn't go in love? How, how can the kingdom get out if you don't love the person you're giving the good news to? How can you express the fullness of something? How can you relay the fullness of something that isn't coming out of a body of love in you? So Jesus, don't even go because you're going you're gonna to ruin my witness. And so Jesus begins from that point forward to teach them where their bias is. 
So I want you to see Matthew chapter 9, uh, uh, that, that, that Jesus says, you got to learn mercy. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, he says, listen, don't go. Uh, that's a, that's a, I'm, I'm going to teach you that. St. Matthew chapter 15, we all know the story of the woman from Cana, uh, from Tyre and Sidon. She's a Canaanite. You remember her, right? She's the one who came to the Lord. Listen to what she says. Watch. So here's the disciples. Jesus is, Jesus is teaching the disciples to get rid of bias. So watch what happens. A woman, a Gentile, comes to the Lord and she says this. Have mercy on me. O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Watch Jesus teach it. He doesn't say anything. I can imagine the disciples have no problem with that. And in fact, the more she cries, the more upset the disciples get. And the ministers of reconciliation, the ministers of closeness, the ministers of proximity, you know what they tell Jesus? Jesus, send her away, for she crieth after us. He didn't say bring her close. They said send her away. And she cried all the more. And then Jesus says, I've not been sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she cried again. My daughter is vexed. And then Jesus says, it's not meat for me to take the bread of the children and to cast it unto dogs. And she said, true, Lord, but even dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus immediately turned around and said, Oh woman, great is thy faith, be it unto you even as thou wilt. You see, the Gentile was accessing the kingdom and the closeness of the proximity of Christ. He teaches it again in the story of what we call the Good Samaritan. Anybody hear that story? Good Samaritan, you know that story. How many know the Jews hated the Samaritans? Hated the Samaritans. You might not, can, 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 I, can I step out of my message and maybe help? bring you into that hatred so that you might know where that comes from because some of the hatred they have there we have here so so, so let me let me let me teach anybody want to hear the how why the jews hated the samaritans i'll teach it to you Uh, there was a there was there was a group of boys brothers there were 12 of them sons of jacob they're called the tribes it just so happened that all of those boys hated one boy in particular you know why because he was his daddy's favorite we call him joseph how I many of Joseph did a pretty incredible thing? The Bible tells me that, that Jacob's blessing to, 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 to Joseph was the very land of Samaria. And in Samaria, they set up its capital, Shechem, which has so much spiritual relevance in there. I mean, relevance. It's full of the relevance of God. It just so happens that, 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 that after these, boy, these tribes began to die, the, the, the nation of Israel divided itself. There was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Some of y'all know this because you know how the story of kings works in the Bible. And so there's a northern kingdom. This is the land of Samaria where all the Samaritans were. And, and they were being conquered by Babylon. And so when Babylon came in, those Jews began to intermarry. They began to mix their blood up with other people. And you know what? They started worshiping other people. And they, they didn't fall into some of the teachings of the early prophets. 
And so the southern kingdom, which was the, the other 11 brothers, right? The other 11 brothers were there. And, and that kingdom, that kingdom fell too, but they still maintained a purity before God. And so when the time came for them to rebuild the kingdom, they went back to Jerusalem to set up the kingdom in Jerusalem. The Samaritans hated that because they believed their land was the, 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 the their land, their, their, their capital should be the place of rebuilding. The Jews in the, north, in the southern kingdom said, no, it needs to be Jerusalem. And so they got in a fight. And so they said, plus, you're not even pure. You're a half-breed. You've intermarried. You're not consecrated as we are. You're not religious like we are. You don't believe in the prophets like we do. And so the Jews hated the Samaritans, but their brothers. The story of the good Samaritan was to bring all that into into surface, into place. Because you know what the Bible says? There is a, a Pharisee, an attorney, came to tempt Jesus by saying, what must a man do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what do the Ten Commandments say? How do you read them? First man in the Bible that understood what they were. This is what he told the Lord. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus says, you've read well. Do these and live. But the Bible says, but he, willing to justify himself, asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Because, see, now we're getting to the crux of it all, why the Spirit of the Lord sent me here. Who's my neighbor? Because you know how that is. We're going to walk out of here, and we want understanding. Who do I minister to? Who is it that I'm going to bring close? How do I view the outside world? How do I interconnect for God? And so Jesus says, well, let me tell you a story. If you want to know who your neighbor is, I'm going to teach you a story. Uh, so there was a man going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell prey to thieves. And these thieves stripped him of his clothes. They beat him. Jesus says they, let him, they left him half dead. Look at your neighbor and say, he's hurt, doc. <laughs> you know, when you have dead, that's bad. I mean, like, you can't get up. You look dead, but you're still alive. You know, you, know, you might even be unconscious. You're alive, but you're not responding well. The Bible says that God sent through that place. The priest. He, he sent the pastor by. Pastor coming down, sees the man. Went right on by. I mean, he saw him, but he, he had no care, no thought, no concern. And so he sends the second best thing. A, a son of Levi. He's, he's supposed to do the work of God. He walks by, goes over to look, surveys his injuries, walks on by. That's what he did. And I know they were ticked off. I'm sure those Jews hearing that, when they heard it, a Samaritan came by and the Bible says, and he had compassion on him. And he went and scooped him up and bound up his wounds and cared for him. And the Bible says, put him on his beast and took him to the inn. And he told that innkeeper, if this man encumbers any expense while he's here, when I come back, I'll pay everything that does with his healing. So Jesus says, who do you suppose 
was the neighbor to the one who fell prey amongst the thieves. Listen to the lawyer. Listen to this. The one who showed mercy. Let me massage this a little. Can I go a little deeper with you? Our God is merciful. He will not do to you what needs to be done, right? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. But he's also gracious. He's going to do to you what you don't deserve. So either way you slice God, he's going to be good. For all you ministers of closeness, of proximity. Let me me go a little deeper with you. I've worked out in my spiritual mind a long time ago that, Lord, you can use me anywhere. Doesn't matter the place. Doesn't matter the person. Doesn't matter their belief system, whether they be a Muslim, a Hindu, a Jew. Doesn't matter. You use me anywhere you want to use me. I don't have a bias. I don't have no animosity towards the Gentile or towards the Samaritan or or towards anybody in culture. Now now watch what happens. So, So this week... Or many months ago, the spirit began to give me a specific command. Be ready to help. You, you, you know, when all this inflation, everybody's talking about inflation and gas price and all that. The spirit said, don't worry about that. I'm going to send you. So don't worry. You, you're you're going to be my agent. You're going to be my minister of proximity. I've given you the uh, uh, preacher. You, you are going to draw people to me. Watch this. So, so, so uh, I've been carrying around money in my pocket for a specific use, right? When the spirit said... Unleash it, unleash it. It's not my money, it's his money. How many know that all your money is God's money? And, and God wants to use it. So, so on Friday, my, Alexis, is Alexis here? Uh, baby Alexis? She, oh, she's in the nursery. Come on, somebody. Serving the Lord. Come on. All right, so, 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 so uh, uh, Friday was her birthday, and she said, Dad, I, I want to go eat at a particular place. And I could, I could give you many of these references. I'm just going to share one with you. Just, this is for the glory of God, right? I'm sharing this for your edification. It's for God's glory. Watch what happens. So, so I went to go eat, and, and when the food was coming out, everybody had a drink except my little baby, my, my Jonathan, right? He's priority in my life. So I said, I'm going to get up, give my baby an apple juice, right? A little, little, uh, little chase, you know, from Paw Patrols, you know. So I went over to the, the, where I was eating. How many have ever ate at Tacos Azteca on Grand Prairie? Raise your hand if you've been there before. Y'all know why we went, right? That's a good place to eat. So right on carry, right? So, so the food comes. I said, let me go get him some drink. I pull around, and I, and I, and I, get, to the, I get his little drink out. And when I come, there's, there's a guy at the counter, right? He's at the counter. And, and, and he's doing like this. <clears throat> I notice that in his hand, there's a, a brown paper bag and a can in there. You know, probably some Kool-Aid, right? Or Sprite, 7-Up. <laughs> and he's going, hmm, hmm. He's looking behind the counter, and, the, and I could tell the, the cashier's a little frustrated. Man, come on, you know, make a decision. So he finally says, give me two of them black and miles. And then give, give me two of those over there. And so the, so the guy, you know, gets some, he's buying cigars, right? So he puts them on the counter, and then the cashier tells him, that'll be $4, sir. So he pulls out his debit card, and, and he puts it in, and, and he pays $4 for four cigars. And then as he's pulling away, I'm about to step up. He steps and he says, oh, by the way, can you put a $4 gas pump one? And so I, I, I'm there thinking, 
probably would have been better to take the four dollars for the cigars, add it up with the four dollars. Now you got eight dollars. I don't know how much you pay for that beer there, but you add that, you might have got like three gallons. And the spirit said, I've been looking for him. Fill his tank up with gas. So the cashier's there. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's, 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 it, the guy's Indian. You know, not native Indian, Indian from India. So I reach into my pocket, put down a 50 on the counter. I says, I says, uh, so I says sir, let me ask you a question first. Are you trying to put, I thought maybe he was going to put it in a little can to mow the lawn. You know, how you, 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 you know, just want to make sure he needed help, right? You know, because I'm there to help. And then he says, oh, no, sir, I'm, I, I, man, I just, I just need some gas, man. So I said, there's 50 right there, man. Fill up your car. The little Indian eyes went up like that. I said, but I want you to know that that's not my money. That money came from the hand of God because he was looking for you. I want you to give God the glory. He's, he's stunned. And I said, this, and then, then, then you know me, the spirit of knowledge, that gift came up in me. And what I saw, a vision of a mother and a father praying over him. And I said, sir, do you mind me asking you a question? He says, no, I don't. I says, do you have parents praying for you? And he got real still. I says, in fact, the Lord is telling me you've got families praying for you. And he goes, they are. And I said, sir, then the Spirit of the Lord told me, he's running from me. I've been tugging his heart, and he's running. And I said, sir, can I ask you a question? Has the Holy Spirit been tugging at your heart? He stopped and See his eyes well up with water. He starts crying. We're in the store. I reach over and I give him a big hug. And I says, he tugs on my heart too, man. And you just have to surrender your life. And you know what he told me? In my ear, this is what this man told me. Stranger, we're in there hugging. You know, how, how odd is that? But you know what? I'm a minister of proximity. I'm a minister of closeness. I want to be close to people. You know what he told me in my ear? This is what he told me. Thank you for the confirmation. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you like Paul. Paul said, I've planted, but it was Apollos who watered, but it was God who gave the increase. Brother and sister, if we don't get out there and manifest God and show mercy, you know, it's easy to say, well, man, listen, this guy, he don't got his life together. I mean, he's got all sorts of addictions, problems. I mean, why is God looking for him? And he's the very person that God is trying to draw back into the kingdom of God. Oh, somebody. Somebody. I've shared this story before. Pastor, I wasn't even planning on sharing this, but we were talking about it with my armor bears earlier. Pastor Josh, you remember that one night we, we was out at the emergency room late one night, and we were coming back, and uh, 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 it, I mean, it was, I was so tired. And I remember I hadn't eaten dinner, and then we all said, well, let's stop at, at, at Waffle House. And so we pulled into Waffle House, and, and, and I, listen, I was in the back seat of, of Pastor Josh's Cadillac, and I remember I told the Spirit of God, I told the Holy Ghost, I'm going to go in and all I'm going to do is eat in there. I ain't going to minister to nobody. You have me out here in the middle of the night. I didn't get no dinner. I'm so tired. I don't want to minister to nobody. And so I remember when I got out of the car, I looked. You know, Waffle House has all those windows, right? And so I kind of looked around. Okay, good. Nobody's in there. 
So I went and sat down. I was sitting, you know, the bars, right? I was in here, Pastor Josh and, and Marcus was there, Pastor Marcus. And we were just having a good time. We were just the only three in there. Give me one more pecan waffle, man. But, you know, come on, bring that up. Uh, give me some more little hash browns. We were just having joining us. And all of a sudden, a guy comes and sits down right next to me. And, you know, I knew I had to do something, so I just said, how you doing, man? And we, you know, oh, good, 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 all right. And I went back to my conversation, and I was trying not even, I was even kind of turning my shoulder like that because I didn't want to do no work. And then, and then, uh, uh, just we're talking, and then I kind of did like that, and then I noticed that he was cutting his, his knife, uh, cutting his eggs with the knife like a, you would a steak. And then, and then I said, I said, oh, that's kind of weird. He's cutting. And so... <laughs> I said, oh, man, so you, you cut your eggs like you do a steak. He says, yeah, I do. And we just kind of giggled. And then the spirit said, I need you to talk to him. <laughs> oh, here we go. I don't know what the Lord going to say. He says, tell this man he's running from me. I want you to tell this man that he needs to go back home immediately and do what I told him to do. And so I said, oh. <laughs> just got my waffles, going to get cold. I get another one, I guess. So I put my hand around this guy. Remember, it's a ministry of proximity. We are ministers of closeness. Jesus is a minister of closeness, right? With sinners and people of bad reputation and people who you don't think deserve the mercy of God. That's exactly where you find Jesus. And that's where the ministers need to be, exactly where Jesus was. And I remember I put my arm around him and, and I said, sir, Man, I know you're enjoying your breakfast, man, but I've got to tell you something. I'm not kidding you. He put his stuff down, put his hands, palm on the ground, looked up as though he, was, he saw a ghost. And I said, sir, I'm a messenger of the Lord. And he told me to tell you that you need to stop running. You need to go back home immediately and do exactly what he told you to do. And then I went back to my waffle. <laughs> and then I noticed for a, you know, a good while, he hadn't even moved. So I said, I got to look at him. So I looked up at him, and tears are coming down his eyes like, like a faucet. Yes, sir. And I said, sir, are you okay? Can I help you with anything? He says, I don't know who you are, man, but I know you heard from God. You see, I'm a pastor's son. Two days ago, I'm a truck driver by trade, but two days ago, my father invited me to his office. He said, son, look, I'm getting old, and I can't continue in ministry. And the, I've been praying over who needs to help me, and the Spirit of God told me to tell you to come and help me, to be a, be a pastor with me in ministry. And when I heard that, I told my dad, dad, that's a lie. You're not hearing from the Holy Spirit. I've not been called into the ministry. I went back to work the next day, and I told my boss, give me the furthest load away from New Orleans. And they sent him to Los Angeles, California. He's a truck driver. You see, when I came, I was thinking about this all the way through. And when I stopped to get breakfast, I parked out here. I've been out here for hours. And I told the Lord, I'm going to go into that Waffle House. And if you don't speak to me right now, tonight, in that Waffle House, I'm never going back to New Orleans. Yes, sir. Then you showed up. He says, I'm going to go take, I'm, tomorrow I'm calling my dad to tell him I'm coming. I'm going to take this load. To, to Los Angeles because I'm obligated to do it. They've already paid me to do it. And I'm going to go back and serve the Lord in New Orleans with my father. It's the ministry 
of reconciliation. It's the ministry of bringing people back close to God. And you've been given that word. What's the word? Mercy. You have to learn what it means, brothers and sisters. That we can't leave here and not show mercy. There's somebody in your sphere, somebody that you might have tuned out. I don't know what it may be. It may be the color of their skin. It may be their social position. It might be their religious position. Maybe somebody you know and you know a little bit about their past. God wants to take the kingdom right there. He wants to deliver the kingdom. Okay. Can, can I go a little deeper with you with something? You have your Bibles with you, right? Get your Bible ribbon. Go to Ephesians 2. I want to share something with you. I want to show you something just just. Completely out of the way. You, you may not even know this. Some of you know about the sojournings of Apostle Paul. In the 20th chapter of Acts, some of y'all ought to be familiar with, with Paul's missionary work. It brings a lot of light to the gospel and to the kingdom of God, to the preaching of God, to the preaching of the kingdom of God. A lot of things are said in the book of Acts concerning Paul and his missionary work. But in the 20th chapter of the book of Acts, and I'm closing with this, so just, just really hear this. Uh, 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 Paul was prophesied to by Agabus that if he went back to Jerusalem, they were going to bind him up in chains. He would be, he would be bound, that they were going to take him. And Paul said, that doesn't bother me, I'm going anyway. If God has sent me there, I'm going. When he arrived in Jerusalem, there was a rumor there that was stirred about the Jews that Paul took Prometheus, an Ephesian, into the holy temple, a Gentile. Now, 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 lay hold of that. That it was rumored that Paul took Prometheus, an Ephesian, into the temple of God and defiled it by taking a Gentile there. And everybody got angry. Why would he take a Gentile to the house of God? And now, now, I will tell you, brothers and sisters, in all my readings, I think it was just a rumor. But, but the accusation was real enough and stirred it up enough and stirred up the hatred of Gentiles in the Jews to bind up Apostle Paul. And they cast him into prison. Some of y'all know that Paul got out of that prison because he declared his Roman citizenship. Y'all remember that story, right? He was in bondage because the rumor was that Paul took a Gentile, listen, past the wall of partition. Now, now let me tell you what that is. If any of y'all know anything about the temple, you know that there's not a wall of partition in the design of the temple. Now, there's the Holy of Holies, and everybody knows that only one man goes behind there, and that's the priest, right, who's designed to offer sacrifice, one for himself and for the nation of Israel, right? That's the Holy of Holies where he sprinkles blood. There's no partition apart from the veil in the temple of God. So what's the wall of division? Guess what? The Jews put it up. So there's the temple, there's the inner court, the outer court, and they made another wall. And you know what that wall said? If you're a journeyman, if you're a countryman, and if you're not a Jew, if you enter past these walls, you enter at the risk of your own death. Do you know that there were people in Jerusalem that believed in Yahweh? Anybody remember the Ethiopian eunuch that came to worship? 
They believed in God. They just couldn't enter into the temple. Couldn't get close to God because the Jews put up a barrier so that people who weren't like them couldn't get in. Y'all catch that? So men in their own bias set up a wall so that people couldn't access God. Church, let the Spirit help you examine your hearts. Do you have a bias? Brother and sister, maybe you don't. Maybe you're here and your conscience is perfect before God and you, had no, you hold no thing against no man, no woman, no thing, no person. But I'm asking you to sincerely look within your heart. Do you have a bias? I don't know. Maybe it's a color. Maybe it's a creed. Maybe it's a religion. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's economic. I don't know where your bias may be if you have one. But I pray that you get before God and you say, Holy Spirit, I'm your ambassador I'm your minister of proximity. I want to draw people close, not to push them further away. Help me get rid of my biases. You know, some of the people that need God the most in your life are the ones that are running like the devil. Jesus says, listen, I didn't come to rescue the righteous. I came to rescue the sinner. They're going to have some blackened mouths. (laughs) They might have a beer in their hand. They might have an F.U. Trump shirt on. (laughs) I don't know what they're going to look like, but if you have a bias, the kingdom doesn't get there. How can you preach the kingdom if you already have an objection to the person you're talking to? Oh, I just said something. Look at your name and say, he's stepping on my toes. I I, got to get done. I got to get done. But I know I'm saying a good thing in here. Look, I tell the Lord, you could send me to anybody. I don't care if they have a turban on. That don't bother me. They they, they got some religious paraphernalia. They identify with some caste, some system. That don't bother me. I'm a minister of closeness. I'm going to speak the peace of God. Uh, do, Do you know that some of you, can I say this? Do you know that some of you, you don't always have to come and say, listen, I need to talk to you. Jesus Christ (laughs) died on the cross. You know what you might ought to do? You might ought to try some benevolence, some mercy. You you know this man I bought gas? I, I, I wasn't worried about the gospel of Christ. I was worried about the ministry of Christ. I wanted to minister to him. And you know, once I ministered to him, when I said, can I share something with you? Yes, please tell me. What do you have to say? Now the door's open. And you know what, guess what? I didn't have to plant a seed. I just had to water the seed that was already planted. I was just a confirmation to the thing that was already inside of him. You'd be surprised how much the mercy of God will do. And the doors, it'll open. The things of God will do if you just have some mercy. Listen, we're all guilty of putting up some sort of stigmatism on somebody. Anybody guilty of having some little stigmatism on somebody? We're all guilty there. But God said, how can I use you to bring closest if you're the one trying to drive them farther away? Brother and sister, that's the word. So you're there in Ephesians. You're there in Ephesians with me, right? So so I want to read something to you. 
I want to start at verse 10, and I'm going to read a little ways, but y'all just bear with me, right? Because it's, it's only 1140. Somebody told me last week, Pastor, you need to tell them like you used to tell them. It's 12 o'clock if you take medications. I said, well, it wasn't 12 when I... Anyway. You there in Ephesians 2. I want to read at verse 10. I'm just going to read. I'm not going to exit you. I'm going to read. Because now that I read this to you, watch how clear this is. Watch how crystal clear this sounded to the people in Ephesia. Remember, so, so remember Tromephus was in Ephesian. Where do you think Paul sent this letter to? To the church at Ephesia. Watch how crystal clear this verse becomes when you read it in the light of Christ and the mercy of God. Look what he says. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Watch this. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are now made nigh by the blood of Christ. Are are you still reading with me? Look at verse 14. For he is our peace who hath made both one, the Jew and the Gentile, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He broke down that wall that men had set up. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And so that he might reconcile both, both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God. Listen to that. Through the Spirit. Listen, do you know that the Bible says, listen to the ministers, here's a word. That if you draw close to God, He'll draw close to you. God isn't way over there somewhere. He's right here. He's right here. Brothers and sisters, we have to be careful that we don't let our Christianity be a Sunday morning experience. can't let it be only a private Bible study or our prayer closet alone. We have to be ministers of proximity. 
Will y'all stand with me? Man, I told you I was going to step on you, but I step on mine too. Listen, do you know before I preach to you, I've preached to myself. There's not one message I've ever preached in this church that didn't belong to me that I first disseminated to the family of faith. So I too am growing by the same measure that I'm reading, by the same measure that I'm preaching. Or else how could I preach it? Hey, you know what? The first thing we need to do is we need to invite mercy in. Mercy is God's way of saying, I'm not going to do to you what deserves to be done to you. Bring the brother of mercy in. He's called grace. God's going to do what's not deserved. So either way you try to slice this pie with reconciliation, it cuts both ways. God's going to be gracious. He's going to be kind. God's, as they say, he's long-suffering. He's patient. Can anybody just enter in with me and say, Father, I want to be a ministry of close, a minister of closeness. This is the ministry of proximity. And I want to be a minister. I am a minister. I'm an ambassador. I, I, I am a minister of reconciliation. I have the word of reconciliation. God's no longer at war. Let me say that again for somebody. God's no longer at war. There's been a ceasefire. Jesus came declaring peace. See, we get to go out into the world and say the war is over. <laughs> I'm sure that when that war stops in Ukraine, there might be some people on the outside that they didn't get the news that are going to be killing each other. They, they don't know the war is over. What they need is a minister of reconciliation. Somebody to come tell them, oh, by the way, we've declared peace. Anybody hear that? We get to leave today with the greatest news ever. The middle wall is knocked down. It doesn't mean everybody comes. It just means that we come with the good news. You can draw close to God. You can come to him by, a, by the person who declares the peace. We know his name to be Jesus. We're, we're ministers of reconciliation. So let's start there. Let's, let's start with mercy. Jesus, go learn what this means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. God wants mercy. He wants mercy in me. Father, you're going to get that mercy because the same mercy that you've shown to me and the same grace that you applied to me, I want that to be given to those who I come in contact with. The same patience you show with me is the same patience I want to show with them. If not even more, as I grow in maturity, that I can, I can begin to express that even greater still. I want to walk in mercy. Can somebody just come together and say, I want to walk in mercy? Maybe that's where you have to get started. I want to walk in mercy. I want to walk in mercy.